Section 14 of On Christian Doctrine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Christian Doctrine by Augustine of Hippo. Translated by J.F. Shaw. Section number 14. Chapter 20. Consistency of Good Men in All Outward Circumstances let them believe on the contrary that the apostles of our faith were neither puffed up when they were honoured by men nor cast down when they were despised and certainly neither sort of temptation was wanting to those great men for they were both cried up by the loud praises of believers and cried down by the slanderous reports of their persecutors but the apostles used all these things as occasion served and were not corrupted and in the same way the saints of old used their wives with reference to the necessities of their own times and were not in bondage to lust as they are who refuse to believe such things forty for if they had been under the influence of any such passion they could never have restrained themselves from implacable hatred towards their sons by whom they knew that their wives and concubines were solicited and debauched chapter twenty one david not lustful though he fell into adultery but when king david had suffered this injury at the hands of his impious and unnatural son he not only bore with him in his mad passion but mourned over him in his death he certainly was not caught in the meshes of carnal jealousy seeing that it was not his own injuries but the sins of his son that moved him for it was on this account he had given orders that his son should not be slain if he were conquered in battle that he might have a place of repentance after he was subdued and when he was baffled in this design he mourned over his son's death not because of his own loss but because he knew to what punishment so impious an adulterer and parricide had been hurried for prior to this in the case of another son who had been guilty of no crime though he was dreadfully afflicted for him while he was sick yet he comforted himself after his death thirty one and with what moderation and self-restraint these men used their wives appears chiefly in this that when this same king carried away by the heat of passion and by temporal prosperity had taken unlawful possession of one woman whose husband also he ordered to be put to death he was accused of his crime by a prophet who when he had come to show him his sin set before him the parable of the poor man who had but one ewe lamb and whose neighbour though he had many yet when a guest came to him spared to take one of his own flock but set his poor neighbour's one lamb before his guest to eat and david's anger being kindled against the man he commanded that he should be put to death and the lamb restored fourfold to the poor man thus unwittingly condemning the sin he had wittingly committed and when he had been shown this and god's punishment had been announced against him he wiped out his sin in deep penitence but yet in this parable it was the adultery only that was indicated by the poor man's ewe lamb about the killing of the woman's husband that is about the murder of the poor man himself who had the one ewe lamb nothing is said in the parable so that the sentence of condemnation is pronounced against the adultery alone and hence we may understand with what temperance 
he possessed a number of wives when he was forced to punish himself for transgressing in regard to one woman but in his case the immoderate desire did not take up its abode with him but was only a passing guest on this account the unlawful appetite is called even by the accusing prophet a guest for he did not say that he took the poor man's ewe lamb to make a feast for his king but for his guest in the case of his son solomon however this lust did not come and pass away like a guest but reigned as a king and about him scripture is not silent but accuses him of being a lover of strange women for in the beginning of his reign he was inflamed with a desire for wisdom but after he had attained it through spiritual love he lost it through carnal lust chapter twenty two rule regarding passages of scripture in which approval is expressed of actions which are now condemned by good men thirty two therefore although all or nearly all the transactions recorded in the old testament are to be taken not literally only but figuratively as well nevertheless even in the case of those which the reader has taken literally and which though the authors of them are praised are repugnant to the habits of the good men who since our lord's advent are the custodians of the divine commands let him refer the figure to its interpretation but let him not transfer the act to his habits of life for many things which are done as duties at that time cannot now be done except through lust chapter twenty three rule regarding the narrative of sins of great men thirty three and when he reads of the sins of great men although he may be able to see and to trace out in them a figure of things to come let him yet put the literal fact to this use also to teach him not to dare to vaunt himself in his own good deeds and in comparison with his own righteousness to despise others as sinners when he sees in the case of men so eminent both the storms that are to be avoided and the shipwrecks that are to be wept over for the sins of these men were recorded to this end that men might everywhere and always tremble at that saying of the apostle wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall for there is hardly a page of scripture on which it is not clearly written that god resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble chapter twenty four the character of the expressions used is above all to have weight thirty four the chief thing to be inquired into therefore in regard to any expression that we are trying to understand is whether it is literal or figurative for when it is ascertained to be figurative it is easy by an application of the laws of things which we discussed in the first book to turn it in every way until we arrive at a true interpretation especially when we bring to our aid experience strengthened by the exercise of piety now we find out whether an expression is literal or figurative by attending to the considerations indicated above chapter twenty five the same word does not always signify the same thing and when it is shown to be figurative the words in which it is expressed will be found to be drawn either from like objects or from objects having some affinity thirty five but as there are many ways in which things show a likeness to each other we are not to suppose there is any rule that what a thing signifies by similitude 
in one place it is to be taken to signify in all other places for our lord used leaven both in a bad sense as when he said beware of the leaven of the pharisees and in a good sense as when he said the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened thirty six now the rule in regard to this variation has two forms for things that signify now one thing and now another signify either things that are contrary or things that are only different they signify contraries for example when they are used metaphorically at one time in a good sense at another in a bad as in the case of the leaven mentioned above another example of the same is that a lion stands for christ in the place where it is said the lion of the tribe of judah hath prevailed and again stands for the devil where it is written your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour in the same way the serpent is used in a good sense be wise as serpents and again in a bad sense the serpent beguiled eve through his subtlety bread is used in a good sense i am the living bread which came down from heaven and in a bad bread eaten in secret is pleasant and so in a great many other cases the examples i have adduced are indeed by no means doubtful in their signification because only plain instances ought to be used as examples there are passages however in regard to which it is uncertain in what sense they ought to be taken as for example in the hand of the lord there is a cup and the wine is red it is full of mixture now it is uncertain whether this denotes the wrath of god but not to the last extremity of punishment that is to the very dregs or whether it denotes the grace of the scriptures passing away from the jews and coming to the gentiles because he has put down one and set up another certain observances however which they understand in a carnal manner still remaining among the jews for the dregs hereof is not yet wrung out the following is an example of the same object being taken not in opposite but only in different significations water denotes people as we read in the apocalypse and also the holy spirit as for example out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and many other things besides water must be interpreted according to the place in which they are found thirty seven and in the same way other objects are not single in their signification but each one of them denotes not two only but sometimes even several different things according to the connection in which it is found chapter twenty six obscure passages are to be interpreted by those which are clearer now from the places where the sense in which they are used is more manifest we must gather the sense in which they are to be understood in obscure passages for example there is no better way of understanding the words addressed to god take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help than by referring to the passage where we read thou lord hast crowned me with thy favour as with a shield and yet we are not so to understand it as that whenever we meet with a shield put to indicate a protection of any kind we must take it as signifying nothing but the favour of god for we hear also of the shield of faith 
wherewith says the apostle ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked nor ought we on the other hand in regard to spiritual armour of this kind to assign faith to the shield only for we read in another place of the breastplate of faith putting on says the apostle the breastplate of faith and love chapter twenty seven one passage susceptible of various interpretations thirty eight when again not some one interpretation but two or more interpretations are put upon the same words of scripture even though the meaning the writer intended remain undiscovered there is no danger if it can be shown from other passages of scripture that any of the interpretations put on the words is in harmony with the truth and if a man in searching the scriptures endeavors to get at the intention of the author through whom the holy spirit spake whether he succeeds in this endeavor or whether he draws a different meaning from the words but one that is not opposed to sound doctrine he is free from blame so long as he is supported by the testimony of some other passage of scripture for the author perhaps saw this very meaning lay in the words which we are trying to interpret and assuredly the holy spirit who through him spake these words foresaw that this interpretation would occur to the reader nay made provision that it should occur to him seeing that it too is founded on truth for what more liberal and more fruitful provision could god have made in regard to the sacred scriptures than that the same words might be understood in several senses all of which are sanctioned by the concurring testimony of other passages equally divine chapter twenty eight it is safer to explain a doubtful passage by other passages of scripture than by reason thirty nine when however a meaning is evolved of such a kind that what is doubtful in it cannot be cleared up by indubitable evidence from scripture it remains for us to make it clear by the evidence of reason but this is a dangerous practice for it is far safer to walk by the light of holy scripture so that when we wish to examine the passages that are obscured by metaphorical expressions we may either obtain a meaning about which there is no controversy or if a controversy arises may settle it by the application of testimonies sought out in every portion of the same scripture End of section number 14.